Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. And long live freedom, damn it. There's uh, Javier Mealy, the president of Argentina, as he spoke at the World Economic Forum. As I said before, they must have loved that. But the long live freedom, damn it phrase is echoing around the world. And when you look at Europe, um, I, I know many of you have seen some of the farm protests. Many of you have not. Farmers in increasing numbers of European countries are sending a very strong and defiant message to their national governments, which have imposed punitive taxation and eco-legislation on them. German and Belgian farmers' protests against their governments and the European Union have increased and become more disruptive and even violent. Farmers in the Netherlands started the protests in the beginning, and they're still engaged. Polish farmers have joined, and they're even blocking border roads with Ukraine. Canada's farmers are furious at the Trudeau government over its increasingly punitive carbon tax and the Trudeau-Gibo attacks on fertilizer use in the name of climate change. So one question that I asked the president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association is whether Canada's farmers, he was with us a few weeks ago, are Canada's farmers at all close to joining their European counterparts? Carl Stewart is a director with the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. Mr. Stewart joins us. Uh, Mr. Stewart, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot, Roy, for having me. Yeah, it's good to talk to you because I've been looking at these developments, and particularly in the last week, farmers throughout Europe engaging in protests, as I said, against government edicts on climate, the Euro Green Deal, on unfair taxation, on threats to their very existence, as a Dutch farmer told us on air, by forcing closure of some farms because they're Proximity to environmentally protected areas is troublesome to the government. So we have Dutch, French, Polish, German, Greek, Belgian, Portuguese, Romanian, and Bulgarian farmers have or are planning on shutting down roads, highways, access to government offices. It's become utterly chaotic in some EU countries. So let me ask you, first of all, to give, give us your sense as a farmer, someone who understands the situation What's going on over there? Well, it's it's certainly it's certainly interesting to watch. Um, you know, like we're certainly empathetic to the struggles that they're having over there. Uh, they're facing increased rules and legislation, increasing their costs, and then not being compensated accordingly for it. And then at the same time, European countries are also negotiating new trade deals and getting imports from some of these countries that don't have the same environmental policies and costs and regulations. So they're, they're all getting fed up with it. Yeah, but they're, they're beyond fed up. They're shutting down their countries because from what I gather and what I was told by the Dutch farmer, their very livelihood is threatened by government policies. And I've heard similar things from Canadian farmers when it comes to the carbon tax and to the fertilizer restrictions that are planned by the government, is the level of frustration among Canadian farmers fairly close to that of European farmers? I don't think it's quite there yet, but we've also had the luxury of having pretty high commodity prices up until maybe a couple of months ago. Commodity prices have come down quite a bit since then. So 
you know, our bottom line is going to be a fraction of what it was last year. So then these increased costs are, are going to make a huge effect on it. Um, so that being said, we've been fighting the carbon tax here for quite some time. And, you know, it's been on deaf ears from one office to the next. Uh, myself and my my uh, my other fellow farmers, we're we're very frustrated. Nobody's willing to listen to us. We've been we've been saying for quite some time now how you know we have no ability to transfer these costs on, and so then it's just coming out of our pocket. Um, so yeah, I, I guess in a nutshell, Roy, I guess it depends. Like our our bottom line is taking a bit of a is going to be taking a hit here next year this crop season. Uh, you know, if that continues, then yeah, then then these kinds of these kinds of policies they're they're going to be a lot more worrisome. You have a headline on your uh, on your web page that I found interesting. It's wheatgrowers.ca, and the headline is Ottawa to blame for impending food shortage storm. I read that and I thought, well, that's more than just the farmers; that's all of us. Yeah, like I, 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 I find I found the whole thing quite bizarre when the government launched their inquiry into into food prices. Uh, like everybody was pretty quick to blame the grocers and everything, but nobody nobody thought to uh, to think about the carbon tax and how it touches every single food product input, everything, and you know it can it increases the food cost significantly. And and uh, I don't recall hearing that being brought up very much at all. Yeah. So so the carbon tax, how much of an impact would it have on a Canadian farm um, over the over the year? Because Mr. Trudeau loves telling us it's revenue neutral, uh, <laughs> right? I, I thought you might uh, laugh at that, but tell us please, what's the impact of the carbon tax on a good sized Canadian farm? So, so we, we, we also, we also, uh, so like my family, we farm and then we also have a seed clean plant, also a seed retailer. And so then one of our customers are a Hattery colony. Um, they're, they're not a massive operation. They'd be considered a mid-sized farm, but the carbon tax, according to their secretary, was about 16,000 bucks on their farm annually. Um, so the problem, Roy, is, you know, modern farms, they're, they're, they're quite capital intensive. You, we're we're putting up a lot of money to get a crop in and on, in and out. It's the last couple dollars an acre that go to our bank account, and so then you know you could. It's easy to say, well, you know, it's only sixteen thousand bucks, but you know, like according to Statistics Canada, the median farm income in Canada was fifty five thousand dollars this year. Now you, you got to take those numbers with a grain of salt. Um, you know, what's a medium sized farm as far as a number and then what's, you know, a medium sized farmer who's just farming for a living. So you got to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. But at the same time, it, it gives you an indication that it's not nothing. It's significant and, you know, it, it is an issue. Yeah, and there's been no carve out for farmers as there was for home heating in Atlantic Canada where votes were at stake. Now, what about the fertilizer issue? How's, how bad is that hurting you? And by extension, how bad is it going to hurt us, the consumers? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's, you know, we haven't elected very many, you know, liberal MPs here, so it's hard to say, I suppose, right? But, 
but the uh, the fertilizer reduction, like the, that, started out. You know, that, that's a great example of of awful policy that wasn't thought out at all. You know, Western Canada has got some of the best, highest nitrogen use efficiencies in the world. You know, we're we're the gold standard. We're the we're the target to hit. We're not uh, we're not the losers. Um, so then to just come up with an arbitrary number of 30%, it, you know, based on what? And so then when we were, I was invited to speak at committee, uh, uh, in, in Ottawa there, I took it over the phone, but, you know, so then we, we were discussing some of this stuff and we, and we found like, you, they just kind of picked this out of a hat, like fertilizer, you know, it's not cheap. If we could get by with 30% less. Don't you think we would? Like, why are we doing more work and spending more? Yeah, money? yeah, we we could we, we could do with uh, with thirty percent less fertilizer in Parliament, bud. Not on <laughs> not on our farm fields. No, like it's it's you know we we're a modern day farm. We take soil tests, um, and you know the problem with soil tests is they're they're variable by nature as well. So yeah, it's still a moving a moving target, but. You're 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 better to you're better to put the right. You take a soil test. You figure out what you need. You put that on. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And and that's common practice for a good chunk of Western Canada. Okay, so the carbon tax is painful for farmers across this country. You represent the Western Canadian wheat growers, but it's painful for farmers across the country. European farmers who've also been subjected to painful policies and rules and laws by the European Union uh, and uh, by their own governments as well have taken to the streets. They've run their John Deere's out on the highways and city streets and basically shut down their countries. And it got violent in front of the European Parliament in Brussels two or three nights ago. Farmers have had it. And I'm just wondering how close farmers are in this country. I know you don't want to say they're close enough that they're going to head out on the road. Um, but I'm just curious how much longer it's going to take before somebody says, can't do this anymore, I'm going to lose everything I have. So we really want the federal government to listen and learn from these protests overseas. They really need to listen to producer groups and avoid these protests altogether. You know, farmers are pretty busy people. If they're taking time off to go protest, you know, that that in itself should mean something. You know, obviously, we don't want to promote taking to the streets to the to the level that the Europeans are doing. That's certainly not within the best interest of the industry. But at the same time, we, we certainly want to be heard and counted. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.